Autobots transform. Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I am woman. Hear me roar. <laughs> and today it is episode 18 of season two. It is a new recruit. This episode was written by Vinton Hick. It was written by Marty Eisenberg. And the last time on Transformers Prime, RC told Miko the story of how she and Cliffjumper became best friends. That's that's it. That's all that happened. And on this episode, Raph is removing clips of Bumblebee from the internet again. Yep, we're checking out that QAnon or whatever bullshit conspiracy site this is. And I know I've said it before, but this is such a stupid idea <laughs> for two reasons. One, all this does is convince the uh, mods of that website, hey, somebody's actually covering shit up. And two, <laughs> they have the files. They have hard files on their fucking computer. They're just going to re-upload them. <laughs> so he changes it to a tap dancing monkey. And yeah, because that like, doesn't oh, look tap dancing monkey strikes again. And Ratchet's, uh, even Ratchet's like, look, this isn't something to take lightly. And and speaking of things that aren't light, uh, Miko and Bulkhead are doing leg lifts and he can get to nine, but that's all he's got. So Raph then on his whatever website it is, sees a um, a Cybertronian escape pod flying through the air. Mm, and they can't tell whether it's a Decepticon or Autobot at that resolution. But uh, somebody took a picture with a flip phone. That's what you call a jab right there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Optimus is like, well, we need to investigate it regardless. So uh, and Narcy's like, OK, this might be a trap and we're down a bot. Like, should we give Wheeljack a call? And Bulkhead's like, I can't hear you. <laughs> and Ratchet's like, fuck that. After his little revenge stunt. No, mm -hmm. he can stay rogue. Yeah. So RC, Optimus, Bumblebee and Ratchet uh, head to the escape pod because whoever it is may need medical attention. Yep. Ratchet's got the medical kit with him and they bridge in and. Uh, there's a river of energon leaking away from mm -hmm. this pod, and RC walks up and wipes some grime off it, and there's a red Decepticon logo underneath it. Ooh, and then somebody attacks them, and we have our opening break. Mm -hmm. And it turns out they're under attack by a squad of Vehicons, and at least and two Insecticons. Insecticons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Optimus, this was kind of badass, takes out two Insecticons. Like, how many Autobots have we seen them kick ass of that mm. wasn't grammatically correct but optimus kicks two asses of them oh really quickly and then yeah. another insecticon smashes ratchet against a wall and is about to finish him but then rc just dashes past him with like the arm blade out and then he grabs her but then she kicks him off and the autobots blast it down and then a transformer comes out of fucking nowhere yeah and this transformer just starts blasting the decepticons and then shoots the river of energon coming from the crashed pod which turns out to be a mistake we find out later but that ignites the energon and kaboom yeah and there's even a bit where rc i think it's rc and bulkhead are like hey do you recognize them no i don't recognize them and then it blows up all the insecticons and the vehicons they did everything within 100 yards is like burning with blue fire so if they come across in your red ice it'll be no problem to melt that and yeah and he's like hey i'm pretty fucking awesome aren't i and rc's like uh no that was yeah. an accident dipshit and he's like well it was still awesome and he jumps down and he's got an autobot symbol and optimus recognizes him as an autobot and like that he studied under the tutelage of the whatever it was uh, academy and optimus is like uh yeah, what's your name soldier and i think this is the first time this autobot realizes who he's talking to he's like you're optimus prime <laughs> oh he loses it and he introduces himself as smokescreen and it ow what the fuck hit me in the head it's my phone it it's covered in sub substance that appears to be both creepy and spooky. Weird. There's a text message on the screen. What's it say? It just says, cocaine, you fucks. Herman. Herman. 
Anyway, R.C. does not like his recklessness, and uh, as soon as he starts telling who he is that he trained at this academy, and it turns out he was like a guard at the Hall of Records working for, um, for uh, oh, I totally forgot Alpha his name. Alpha Trion. Thank you, all Alpha Trion. And Ratchet's like, this is so suspicious. Yeah, it's like, this is a former guard from the Hall of Records arrives just as we're starting to decode the database where all the relics were kept track of. We're like, hmm... Seems too good to be true. And I think it's RC who even rec- like says that, hey, this wouldn't be the first time an Autobot came into the fold and was actually a spy. And that's the old um, Wheeljack reference when, uh, yeah. uh, what was his Makeshift, name? Makeshift, yeah. Makeshift, yeah, was a spy. But uh, Optimus starts asking questions and apparently Smokescreen just knows the right answers and Optimus trusts him. He says, look, if Alpha Trion told you that, then I trust you. Yeah, that was all Optimus needed to hear. He trusts him and he tells Raph... Raphael, open a bridge. And back at Optimus HQ, Miko has like a bajillion questions like, who are you, where are you from? And right away, <laughs> Ratchet and RC are like, yeah, who the fuck are you and where the fuck are you from? And why did you come here in a Decepticon escape pod? Yeah, and he tells a story. This is one of those prime flashbacks where they just do everything in one, you know, like it's just a, a series of images, uh, the cheap way to do it. But apparently he was the guard at the Hall of Records in Iacon when the Decepticons made their final attack. Yeah, the this was when the front was only 20 clicks away from the Hollow Records, and the Decepticons launched this major offensive, and Iacom was under attack, and he was really excited because this was his first chance at some real action. But then the cons blew the door in and everything went black. <laughs> yeah, he got his ass kicked pretty quick, and then he woke up on a Decepticon warship as a prisoner. Mm, and somehow he escaped his bonds and slipped past the guards and got into an escape pod and launched himself away. Uh, apparently they don't notice or care that there was no life signs aboard or something. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> Just Star like Wars Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's like, they come back and he's like, well, that's my whole life story. And I'm like, whoa, that's like barely a day's worth of story. <laughs> but apparently everybody's fine with that. And they all figure that it, likely the nemesis picked up on the pod's beacon because it's a Decepticon pod. Yeah, that's what guided it to Earth. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it would be an awful random shot to just end up here. But Optimus asks him, okay, do you know what happened to Alpha Trion after the fall of Iacon? And Smokescreen tells him, I wish I knew, but that was the last time I saw him. Yeah, and I'm sure that won't ever come up again in the next few episodes. But anyway, (laughs) Bulkhead right away is like, fuck this guy. You want to replace me? Because, yeah, Smokescreen's like, well, now that I'm here, how hard can it be to win this war? And Bulkhead's like, take a good look, newbie. This is how hard it is. Yeah, he's still lumbering along. His legs are all fucked up. And um, Optimus uh, basically, or I don't know if it's now that they tell Bulkhead your your position isn't at threat, but Optimus suggests that Smokescreen take a tour of the base and uh, Miko offers and Bulkhead's like, what? And then he's like, she's like, ah, maybe Jack should do it. Yeah, Jack gives a very informative tour. <laughs> <laughs> and now we go to the Harbinger and Starscream apparently walked underwater from Antarctica to wherever this is in less than six months. It's not saying he couldn't do it, but I think he'd still be at it for a while. <laughs> it's up, yeah. Yeah, and slowly plodded along yeah but uh he's on the web and he sees the dancing monkey he gets a, so he apparently likes animated gifs and then he um he sees on that whatever site it is uh, a deposit of red energon yeah and he's like these ignorant life forms have no idea what they've found this can make me faster significantly faster commercial break and when we come back, Jack Show and Smokescreen, he's walking down a hallway, and he's really just pointing out all the relics they've found so far. Yeah, that they keep behind, like, garage doors down this hallway. And Smokescreen's like, yeah, I, I remember these. I used to be, you know, the guard where these things were. Yeah, he knows what every one of them is until he sees Chekhov's arachnid, and he's like, <laughs> hey, wow, is she ever going to come back? And Jack's like, probably not. And we're like, yeah, she totally will. Yeah, Smokescreen keeps looking at her after 
Jack keeps walking and then back with Bulkhead. He thinks he's being replaced by Smokescreen. And it's like, if you're going to replace me, it could have at least called Wheeljack, right? That I could live with. Which makes sense. But Optimus is like, look, your position isn't in, in any jeopardy, but we need additional firepower. Mm-hmm. And Arcee's like, look, no one's replacing you besides Smokescreen is too green. And then Miko's like, well, Bulkhead's is greener than anybody or as green <laughs> as he gets. And she's like, that's... That's not what we mean. It means he's inexperienced. And then Raph is like, hey, everybody, come look at this. And they're like, holy shit, it's Red Energon. He's like, what's Red Energon? And I'm like, then why did you sh- want to show them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Ratchet explains, OK, it's it's basically rocket fuel for Transformers is, yeah. is the best way to put it. So uh, they decide that they have to go investigate and Smokescreen wants to join the party and Optimus is, decides he's not ready yet. Nope, you need more training. And uh, also, by the way, uh, we live on this planet as robots in disguise and you'll need an Earth-based vehicle mode. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) down at this mining site, Starscream bridges in. He's got his guns. He's like, all right, everybody, stick your fucking hickey. Hey, where (laughs) are you? And there's nobody there. (laughs) There's nobody there. There's no red energy on there. And uh, meanwhile, Jack and Smokescreen are out on top of a hill near a highway. And Smokescreen's like being picky about what he wants to transform into. And at one point... a cement truck goes by and Jack's like, hey, how about that? And Smokescreen's like, well, sure, if I were a Constructicon. So. And then okay. uh, Smokescreen says something to the effect of like, is this the best your planet has to offer? Jack's like, no, this is just Jasper, Nevada. Uh, we then go to Optimus RC and Bumblebee and they bridge into a shipping yard that is complete, complete, <laughs> conveniently abandoned uh, because, of course, Fowler called ahead. Yes. He's like the boy that cried wolf. Like one of these days, there's going to be a legitimate reason that they have to abandon. Like, oh, it's just Fowler again. Well, it is a legitimate reason, but it's just, yeah, there's going to be a human who's like, we always get told to leave. And then, oh my God, it's a giant robot. But the the giant, the giant, the red energon is in a shipping container and it's still on the crane. And RC's like, what, they couldn't have lowered it? (laughs) Yeah. And Optimus figures, look, they just, they booked it as fast as they could. Uh, And then Starscream arrives and he's like, hey, bitches. And he puts on the apex armor commercial break and when we come back optimus orders rc and bumblebee all right secure the red energon and have ratchet bridge it back to base i'll deal with this idiot and they run off and he gets the mask on yeah and a uh, fucking starscream tosses him like a rag doll mm, right into a stack of containers bumblebee looks back but rc tells him look you know just keep moving there's nothing we can do yeah so back at optimus hq ratchet learns that starscream is there and smokescreen's like oh let me go let me go let me go and i like what smokescreen even says here when they mentioned starscream he's like oh that stiletto healed creep like <laughs> i think you and i even talked about that before about how it looks like he's wearing women's clothes. He, he, the Starscream's got style. Out of all the Autobots, Optimus looks pretty sleek. I like RC's build. I like Optimus's build. Starscream has style. Mm. But, uh, oh, and it's important to note that Smokescreen says, hey, I have a vehicle mode now I can go. And Ratchet still says, nope. Yeah, what part of further training did you not understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Smokescreen didn't like that. So back at the shipping yard, Bumblebee tries to s- slow down the Starscream to no avail. Yeah, Bumblebee shoots down on him. It's just useless. And Yeah. Yeah, and we're switching around a lot so back at the autobot base bulkhead can almost walk as well as he could before mm-hmm. and he tells ratchet look they need me ratchet ratchet and ratchet can't raise the other autobots and bulkhead's like ratchet he's like i heard you i'm just ignoring you <laughs> <laughs> and he says maybe we should use smokescreen because hey where where did smokescreen go and then we see smokescreen open the door and he's looking at the phase shifter that bumblebee used in the subways and ratchet comes down the hall he's like what are you doing but back at the shipping yard uh rc reaches the red energy on her she gets to it and she's like straining to reach it get through like the the gears and the Mm. iron workings of this crane and then all of a sudden star screams on 
her ass. Yep. He catches up to her. He's about to throw her off. But then she looks up and it's a full moon because it always is. Of course. And Optimus Prime jumps down and just punches Starscream right in the face. Oh, yeah. And he falls but grabs onto that container, rips the side open, and one piece of red energon falls with him. Yeah, and Optimus starts to pull on the cable to pull this thing back up, but mm-hmm. now Starscream is taking the entire tower down. Oh, yeah, he's, like, lifting one ed- edge of it up and just trying to tip the entire thing over, yeah. and then a ground bridge opens up, and there's Smokescreen. He comes driving out, and he's even got the 38 on the side, I'll give him he that. He does, yep. And he looks like this hyper-stylized sports car, really cool looking. Mm-hmm, yeah, I mean, kind of like wheel. I'm sure there's an actual car somebody's gonna yeah. do, hey, it's a McLaren F1 or something, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a sports car. But, uh, Starscream is like, fuck you, you can't hurt me and optimus is like dude you can't hurt him and smokescreen says yeah i got an idea and he turns the phase shifter on yes because starscream's even like uh do you have any last words and he's like just four kiss your armor goodbye and he i don't know how this works yeah but it looks cool he he jumps and he drop kicks through the armor and somehow kicks starscream out out the back of it yeah yes but starscream wasn't phase shift wouldn't he just go right through starscream because yeah. anyway <laughs> It works. And uh, Starscream falls in his ass and then um, fires a missile up at the big container of red energon. Yeah, because you're not the only one with a fancy gizmo on his wrist. <laughs> Apparently a missile's a fancy gizmo. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, he shoots it up at the Autobots and the crane and he grabs the red energon and uh, makes off with that, I guess. Smokescreen looks up and uh, the Autobots are OK. So here's my question is I'm really curious if. I'd love to have seen a wide shot. Obviously, they they did a close-up on Smokescreen, so you couldn't see what uh, Starscream did. But I'm assuming he grabbed the shit and, like, very quickly, like the Flash, just disappeared so fast that they didn't see him. (laughs) Although it'd be funny if he was still standing there. Anyway, uh, Smokescreen's safe, and he starts eyeing up the Apex armor. Mm -hmm. And back at base, it's still a full moon because it always is. And Mm -hmm. Smokescreen returns the phase shifter, said, ah, I was just borrowing it, and... Ratchet's like, yeah, well, there's protocols for this stuff. If you had to just ask, we probably would have given it to you. And Optimus reminds him, you know, standard procedure must be observed by everybody on this team. Yeah, and uh, he then officially welcomes him to Team Prime and go figure Bulkhead standing right there. He's like, yeah, the newbie did all right. Miko comes running like, don't worry, Bulk, he's got nothing on you. And uh, she assures me, as soon as that leg heals, old Smokey will learn the real quick who's the top wrecking ball here. But it doesn't matter. Bulkhead lumbers off. He doesn't want to hear it. He's a big old crumb bum. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to an all-new episode of the podcast within a podcast, the actual Smokescreen Sucks podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the two definitive reasons that Smokescreen Sucks, and the first is his over-eager, ass-kissing attitude displayed when he first appears in the aligned continuity. He comes off like a vehicle-based mode of Cheetor, and believe you me, one Cheetor was enough. Since we technically had two Cheetors when you factor in his Transmetal 2 form, and three when you account for Beast Machines, this is the fourth time we've had to deal with this beaver-cleaver-golly-gee sentiment, and that is far too many times. If I wanted to listen to another Transformer yammer on about how much he wants to fight or about how much he wants to suck Optimus Prime's robo-dick, I'd watch a collection of Huffer's greatest hits. Fuck Huffer! The second reason that Smokescreen sucks is, ironically, the opposite of the reason he sucked in G1. Not once in his entire premiere episode does he utilize any sort of smokescreening device. Why would he call himself Smokescreen if he doesn't deploy a G-dang smokescreen? What he does deploy is the phase shifter, which makes him more like G1's Mirage than it does Smokescreen, so why wasn't he written as Mirage? 
You know who I blame? Alex Kurtzman. Have I mentioned that I don't like Alex Kurtzman? Well, in case I haven't, I don't like Alex Kurtzman. That prick has ruined almost every franchise I loved as a child. Aside from being ignorant of the lore of G1 Transformers, he turned Star Trek into Star Wars and mutated the Universal Monsters into some sort of action franchise. Well, at least he tried to do that. Thank Jeebus, The Mummy was a box office bomb that even Tom Cruise couldn't save. How could anyone think that a series of character-driven horror movies would work as mindless action films? You'd have to be clueless beyond belief or as the... Well, here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. The next episode we're going to review is The Human Factor. If you Ooh. want to see something that's more human than human, you can find <laughs> us on Twitter. I'm at John Sobey. Paul is at PMechPherson1. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us in your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell everybody you know. You can tell them they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode, keep on transforming. White zombie, that's who it was. I couldn't think of it. Well, it was another good episode, Paul, but we still haven't figured out how we were going to buy this show back from Herman. Wait, I have... Oh, God. ...a plan. The phone was covered in creepy glue and spooky paste, right? Right. If we covered my current phone in creepy glue and spooky paste, the mixture may react with the phone's lithium-ion battery and cause it to exhibit the same time dilation effects displayed by the phone that hit you in the head, right? Sure. Therefore, we could use creepy glue and spooky paste to send ourselves back in time and stop Herman from ever buying the show. Huh? It's simple. Watch. I'll use my phone as an example. I'll just apply both creepy glue and spooky paste to my phone. Ew. And once the spookerosity Not a word. takes effect... It worked! My phone went back in time! Now all we need is greater quantities of creepy glue and spooky paste applied to a large, highly dangerous power source. Well, we've got those tubs of creepy glue that Lou left in the studio. But we don't have enough spooky paste. Or a power source. Unless. 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 The, the like button. button. This is so simple, it has to work. But wait a minute, hang on. If you sent your phone back in time, why did it have a message from Herman saying... <laughs> Fell on me!